Good evening, everyone, and welcome to How Black People Lost Minds. This evening, we will be discussing the torture and laws of divine morals and martial, which was in episode three, and we'll be discussing that tonight. Our guest speaker tonight is Miss Frenchie Holmes. Uh, Miss Holmes uh, works with the uh, Institute for Progressive Sustainable Development. The Institute of Progressive Sustainable Development is a nonprofit organization that does medical missions throughout Africa and some parts of South America. Mrs. Holmes is one of the directors and helping to coordinate supplies and provide medical assistance to people in those areas. So Mrs. Holmes, because she has traveled in those places, she is able to contrast and compare the post-colonial Africa with pre-colonial Africa. And because she lives in the United States, so she's able to contrast those three areas. So, Ms. Holmes, welcome. We're glad to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, thank you for taking the time out of your really, really, really busy schedule to participate with us in this episode and also hear that you may be co-hosting us uh, in a few of our episodes in the uh, latter part of this month or maybe in March. We'll be glad to have you. Oh, thank you. I'm looking forward to that also. A very exciting time for me and um, I love what you're doing on the podcast. So I'm excited to join. Well, we'll be glad to have you. Thank you. So you brief the third episode where we talked about torture and the laws of divine martial and morals. Mm-hmm. And what was your take on some of that? I, I tell you, it's something, it's so interesting when you go back to the roots of something. And, and I say that, especially now, uh, in this day and age, the time we're living in right now, where it seems to be so much hate, but so much violence back in that hate too. Um, so to go through the podcast, to review, reflect on the information, my instant response was, so this is why European people are so violent. I'm like, okay, it's rooted somewhere, it started somewhere. And that's what's so interesting to me um, in listening to the podcast. And, and reviewing the information again. Um, because I, I wanted to know where did this start? You know, it, it, I think that's a question a lot of people have asked, a lot of black people, of course, we've asked that question. Why is there so much hate? Why is there so much violence? Right. And that explains it, that it started off a brutal way of, of control. What I found most interesting and even for that kind of brutality, there has to be a lack um humanity. So where did the loss of humanity start? Well, the Neoliths were black people when they migrated from Africa into the Caucasus Mountains. And then when mm-hmm. they arrived in the Caucasus Mountains, there was a climate change. And that climate change lasted for 60,000 years. During the climate change, the rivers froze, they iced over, and they wasn't able to get back. And so they ended up living in, in the mountains, and then that environment 
cause their hair to get long, their nose to get pointed. A melanin is in the skin. That melanin was not needed, so the body got rid of the mm. me- got body got rid of the melanin. So in those mountains, they didn't have food to eat. They were was known the survival of the fittest, first law of nature. And so in order to survive, they had to eat each other because there was not enough food. So when the elders got sick or died, then they used them for foods. So the bones in the Caucasus Mountains in the caves have teeth bites in human bones. So that's how they know that there was cannibalism there. That is so interesting. Yeah, so in that type of environment, one would think that you would be the lowest of humanity because then you have to eat a human being, someone that looks like you. So because you have to uh, eat this person, do you begin to look at human beings in a different sort Mm -hmm. of way as not to revere the human, but to torture, destroy, and eat the human? And I think if you yeah, that that certainly that certainly would change your change you change your humanity, change the way you look at other people. You're telling me um, that they survived on the elders, so you're telling me people were there were no old people in existence. They were eating off their mothers and fathers and aunts and uncles, um, and that definitely has to affect you mentally, um, where you detach. I can only imagine that is something. Right. Um, that is carried that detachment because we still see that kind of brutality um, reflected today. We, I mean, it's not we're not so far off, you know, what we saw at first hand, where you know there were strange fruit hanging from the trees. We're not far from that, but that's what I'm saying. Where does that lack of humanity come from? And I think. What you just explained is the start of it. it. Has to be the root of it because how how do you reach this point? Yeah, because there's nowhere else that anthropologists have found evidence of torture that went beyond seven thousand years in any other areas of the of the world. Mm-hmm. The migration continued from the Caucasus Mountains into Asia, and so when torture arrived in Asia it arrived from the Caucasus Mountain as well. There was no torture in Asia before that. There's been no evidence of torture found any place except for in the Caucasus Mountains. So it's been assumed, logically, that that was the beginning of humans torturing other humans. So let me ask you a question. Why do you think it continues today? And, And when I say this, I say in a lot of different ways. For instance, um, we can just say, you know, one of my favorite sports to watch is football, even me. And the brutality of the sport itself, when you think about it. So why do you think that brutality, that need for um, sport hunting, you know, just uh, killing to kill and, and just these brutal things, why do you think that continues today is it is there's a why is there a need for it or is it a part of their dna i think it's just part of their dna you know like with black people rhythm uh on a black kid is born by the time they're one years old they can dance you know and that's something that's passed down in the genes and so i think torture 
is part of European DNA. And because, you know, like football, you spoke of football. And so football, it, like it, in uh, America, we have the NFL. We have football mm-hmm. in the, in the, uh, in the schools, elementary up to, up into college. And that sport is no place else in the world. Now the NFL is trying to get people uh, interested in it and they play some games in uh, Europe, Germany and London, I think now to try to introduce the sport there. It hasn't taken on as it has here. And it's the most popular sport here. But when you look at that sport, it, like you say, it's a very brutal sport. It's you know torturous to some of the players. You know, some players even uh, there's a player in Buffalo, uh, Hamlin, who almost died on the field. It's interesting that when he passed out on the field and lost consciousness, the owners of in the uh, the officials of the NFL wanted those players to continue to play. So they had no problem with uh, them continuing to play, but the players refused to play, and that's why they stopped that game. And you know, then we have we have boxing. It's a brutal sport mm-hmm. that, that uh, is used for entertainment. And then black back in the day when they had the unforced, the forced and unpaid workers, they used to have them to fight each other biting off their ears and wrestling matches in front of the, the rich land owners for sport. And so that's, a, it's, it's almost like a necessary evil, you know? I always heard about man's carnal need for combat. Like it was something that he just died. He couldn't fight or he couldn't kill something. Like it's a need for combat. Um, you're a man, so it helped me understand that. Is that something that's innate with a man that he just wants to have a conflict, he wants to fight, he needs to war, he needs to kill? Um, or is that something, like you said, we talk about Europeans and then, you know, being in the Caucasus Mountains. It, does that come from exactly what we're talking about when they describe that carnal need? It's that DNA that says I still I need to kill something. Yeah, that's that's. I'd say it's something that's mostly specifically um, having the impetus to start it with the Europeans, and I say that because when I look in other <laughs> cultures and other areas in the world, there is no evidence of them torturing one another and that comes from like like you know like uh, in africa if you mistakenly killed someone um that murder wasn't very prevalent in africa and um if you were say working or something and inadvertently someone lost their life you were required to take care of that person's family Mm-hmm. And they didn't punish you or torture you or like we used the the death chambers mm-hmm. and death row and you know we have more people on death row than any country in the world. Yeah, and we do because we we revel in that type of uh, punishment, you know. And as you saw mm-hmm. in in episode three, it it gonna it goes all the way back in America. 
to the beginning when they first came to the colonies and they were using torture methods on their own people before the forced and unpaid workers came over from Africa. And then as mm-hmm. the workers came over from Africa in 1619, they was, they began to apply those torture methods to the, um, the people who were working in the fields with them, the forced and unpaid workers were began to uh, experience those same torture methods, being whipped with a cat of nine tails, being uh, having cages put on their neck so they couldn't run away, being hung. So you know, mm-hmm. and those people didn't know that. They didn't know anything about that. They were devastated. Because Africa was a pretty much a peaceful place, you know. If you yeah. there's a book by Sheikh uh, Diop just called Pre-Colonial Africa, and he was an anthropologist, and he wrote of how in Africa there was there was no violence against others, there was no rapes and and no robberies or no theft. Because they had mm-hmm. a, they had a system there that didn't permit that. They had a system there that if you were a a brick mason and someone was a prince, a royal prince, and that brick mason began became, became the top of his game of being a brick mason, he was looking just as much high esteem as the prince was. So they didn't have a need to overthrow the government because they felt that, you know, even though they might have been born in a brick mason family and those kids would be a brick mason, but they could get, they could aspire to a level that was regal. And so all of the different jobs that were there had that level of attainment. And if you reached it, then you were looked at as just as royal and regal as a prince was. And so, you know. So you just respect it within the civilization itself. It, it was a civilization. And everyone was pretty much affluent. Well, we see pictures in our history books, which is, you know, that, that history in those books are put there by the Europeans. They depict the fourth unpaid worker as a savage. And in those pictures, yeah. they have minimal clothing on but the reason why they have that minimal clothing is because they stripped them of their fine wares because they didn't want them to hide weapons in the clothing and then they, they told us they were savages coming out of the jungle yes. and and you know what with all due respect even now they still are i mean just having traveled to africa and and been um i always say real africa <laughs> and when I say that, um, I say, you know, there's some lovely resorts in Africa, but I, I'm not talking about being at a resort. I'm talking about actually being amongst the people, being in the jungle of what we consider the jungle, being the rural areas. And what's amazing, um, uh, the people are still a regal people. They are still very civilized. They, they're still... Um, they police themselves even now, which lets me know when I see that this is where we're from. This is the root of us. We're, you know, we are very smart people. When we respect 
our elders and family in, in your community as we reflect on Europeans and how they were. I think it's important for people to know how we actually are. We started the first civilization, and I know people can hear, you can hear that said or see that published. But what you're saying is this was a, the first people to act as civil people. There was decorum. And, you know, and I think that a, a lot of times um, even our younger kids now don't hear that. You were a civilized people. So it's not that we were taught this. We taught others. Well, yeah, because I'm, I'm sure when you were traveling throughout Africa, 100% sure that you never saw any acts of violence. No. Because, no. because um, they don't practice yeah, no one, Yeah, no one wants to harm you. It's not like that. They're very welcoming. You've been, you've been told to be afraid of Africa. You've been told that there's always violence. You never see that. It's not uncommon for a person to just meet you and welcome you into their home, not just for dinner, but to stay. That's kind of what podcasters call how black people lost their minds because we, we don't act in our minds as black people um, had been taught to act and to behave before the colonists came in to Africa. The, the high crime rates that we experience today, that's learned behavior. Another good example I always I always think about is when the guy in uh, South Carolina went into the church, Alan Roof, went into that church and killed the nine people in that church. Now, black people, families of the murdered, they came on TV and said they would pray for him and they forgive him for mm-hmm. the, the the atrocity that he did in that church. And then, and I always says, well, why do black people always want to forgive someone for taking a loved one? And then you look at Sandy Hook where they killed those kids in the elementary school. None of those white people says they wanted to forgive that guy for shooting in those kids. They all wanted blood. They all wanted to kill him had given the death penalty, no one forgave him. And I looked at that and I says, okay, so that bloodthirstiness is in the DNA, but it's not in black people's DNA. Black people is, is forgiven, but they always have been when you look back historically, when you look at that, you know, you look at when they dropped the atomic bomb on Japan, they, and I think it was the two cities, and each city had, they killed about 200,000 people in each city. The majority of those people didn't even, wasn't even supporting the war. It, it, was, it was a government thing. Government soldiers fighting U.S. government soldiers. Yeah, well, it, the brutality of it. And it all goes back until those people came out of those Caucasus Mountains you know, what they are. And so so everyone is learning this destructive behavior that they brought out of the mountains and distributed throughout the world. So anyway, getting back to the torture and the uh, torture methods mm-hmm. that the Europeans used, 
that's in their day that's in their DNA that they brought over here to the new world, applied those torture methods into onto their own people, which means that that's just how they think. And then when the forced and unpaid workers came over from Africa, those same methods was applied to the forced and unpaid workers. And and then the, the forced and unpaid workers assisted in building up this country. And then the forced and unpaid worker never shared in the prosperity that they created. And the, yeah. and the, the landowners, they the one became prosperous. Mm-hmm. And they relegated this forced and unpaid worker to the margins of society. And the descendants of those forced and unpaid workers are living today in poverty. So that poverty is passed from generation to generation to generation. Right. That too is a form of torture. Yes, it is. When a country and a group of people are prosperous, then everyone's happy. Uh, even even the white man is happy. It, 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 the craziest part is as he sits at the top of what society is and what he's created, the ignorance in that is that you can hold on to it. You, you, okay, you got it, and you have this way you want to keep it. But guess what? When you take, when you allow people to come out of poverty, they're not trying to steal from you. If a yeah. torturer has torture and brutality in their DNA, that means that they have to have someone who's lower than them. So mm-hmm. that they can be torturous too. And so yeah. if everything was fair and equal with equality, so they'd have to create something else. But it's a necessary thing, I believe, that they mm-hmm. have to have someone relegated beneath them. So if they got someone beneath them, they're sobbing that need to torture. So they will always have to have someone. And as we as we go forward through the different episodes, we'll see the displays of how that's utilized mm-hmm. against the forced and unpaid workers. How that that they solve that they they uh, serve that need to torture, that need to have someone relegated beneath them. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. It goes all the way back to the Caucasus Mountains. I was just gonna say, yeah, if you if you're able to eat, if you're able to eat your grandmother, um, you, you built you definitely have built up a psychological um, block in your brain um, because it that takes a, that takes um, an incredible amount of um, detachment. That's all I was gonna say. You'd have to be you have to be detached uh, from a part of you, of your soul, uh, of who you are as a human being, to be able to do that. You're desensitized. Yes, yes, you humanity. did. That's the best word. You desensitized from humanity because, uh, yeah, that was probably one of the most shocking things I've read. Yeah. So anyway, I think that's uh, we've taken up our time. 
I want to thank you for taking your precious time for coming on um, and discussing. It was my pleasure. Thank you. And I look forward to you visiting us and um, co-hosting the podcast in the next three, four weeks. I think it's going to be very, very interesting to have you on board. Well, thank you. I look forward to being your co-host and uh, sharing, but also learning a lot. Well, thank you. I'm sure you will teach us a lot, too. So thank you for coming on tonight, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your evening. Me too. Thank you, sir. Thank you, and good night. Miss Frenchie Holmes. Um, she, we were, it was a pleasure to have her on and speaking with us tonight. And uh, this is Dr. Dillard. I thank you for taking your time to listen to our podcast. And I look forward to you joining us in our next podcast where we will be uh, talking about 1619 when the forced and unpaid workers first entered into the new world. Thank you and good night.